We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the FFPC. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined by my co-host, co-owner of Rotoviz, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, two weeks again since the last show, again, it's been a real action-packed time in the NFL over the last kind of four to six weeks, so it's been a fun time trying to keep up with all the stories. Sometimes there's you'll see a story maybe two or three days later if it slips through the cracks if you're not paying enough attention but it's been a, a real fun time of year how have things been with yourself yeah this this you know i think a lot of people especially people who do a lot of work in the industry really prefer this time or think that this is the most fun time of the year because we have all of this new information and we don't necessarily have the games which cause uh, both excitement but then also stress and that immediate feedback to let you know you're wrong about things. During this time of the year, we can all be 100% correct in all of our prognostications, guesses, and uh, different suppositions like that. Any of the articles we write, they are not <laughs> immediately incorrect the following week. So it's, it's a fun time to dream about 2019, to look at how all these players are moving, to get uh, – you know, the combine numbers and then the pro day numbers and see how all those things fit with the production, you know, really build out uh, your 
look at the upcoming NFL draft and then draft guides for obviously fantasy football, what we're all looking at. So yeah, this, this is you know the best time of the year, I think for fantasy owners, we've got dynasty startup drafts going, you know, auction drafts. This really, I think is the sweet spot if you want to dominate your best ball leagues. And we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show. So, you know, for, for fantasy enthusiasts, this is a, this is a big time of the year. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, it's always exciting. And it's kind of, I like this time of year just before the draft. Then, you know, you, you finally start to have things settled and you kind of think the way things are shaking out after free agency. And then uh, one or two big uh, splashes in the draft for certain teams shakes up that depth chart again. And it's fun just as the, the season progresses and develops. Uh, I call it the season. Sometimes, like you mentioned, it is more fun in the off season because you can project players, you can try and see where the values are. Then in the season, you're kind of scrambling from week to week to week, whereas this is more of a, a fun perspective over kind of a two to three month period. So exciting times, and uh, we're going to talk a lot of different topics today on the show. We're going to jump straight into now in the second quarter with some free agent sleepers. <laughs> So, Sean, when we look at the free agent sleepers, we're kind of looking at players who maybe have gone in NFL free agency already, but maybe have slipped under the radar and might be, uh, you know, come even come August, come September, might still be a little bit under the radar, but will have opportunities if things break their way. Um, you you have marked down here Mike Davis uh, as one of the free agent sleepers that you like. Do you want to break him down a little bit? Yeah, and it had an article on the site recently about how you know he could be the 2019 Damian Williams. The connections are not completely perfect. We have, but we have two guys, and and the people that I really like to target for all of these zero running back drafts, and, and we've had so much luck with our zero running back watch lists over the past five years because of the type of backs that we're targeting it. So if you have a big back, really looking for any receiving backs, right? But if you have a big back who has some type of plus athleticism, now with Damian Williams, he was a guy who was fast for his speed. And so you could even see that in the Chiefs offense there when he got that opportunity. Uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how he is not that fast as it relates to some of these prospects, specifically the Alabama Crimson Tide prospects who, you know, don't have that elite elite athleticism but you know hunt's name will always come up now or at least it will for a while before you know we get evidence one way or the other whether or not it's hunt or this elite chiefs offense that was really doing so much of the work but with williams we could see that the speed really helped him in the offense and then he's a guy who was a pass catcher he had a 30 plus reception season in college well mike davis one of the reasons he actually fell in the draft is because he doesn't have that long speed but he's agile he tested well at the combine and the agility drills and so you've got one of these guys who's big and quick and while he's not the level of athlete of a Le'Veon bell not the level of athlete of a david johnson we have seen this template of the big quick running back especially one who catches passes and, and we've talked about in the past that connection between agility and pass catching those guys are perfect for what we want fantasy wise. So, you know, last year Davis had his first 30 reception season in the NFL. He had two of those in college, which you know, I think can be forgotten about a little bit. And he now moves from an offense that has some question marks, I think, to a really up and coming elite offense. And that's sort of the other similarity there with Williams, where he moves from the Dolphins, obviously, to the Chiefs. A huge difference. Davis's situation is not quite as big a gap right seattle and chicago were both top 10 rushing offenses in a lot of fantasy categories last year but the bears especially i like they were number six in total expected points in points over expectation and then not surprisingly actual points in terms of team running back points 
And then the area that really stands out is they owned a 70-point advantage on Seattle in expected points in the receiving game. So that's team running back expected fantasy points as receivers and that category tends to be a lot more predictive in terms of the following season than expected points in the rushing game right so when you're looking at these running backs to target and these offenses to target if you have a an offense that can score and the bears certainly look like you know they're developing in that sort of rams or chiefs type of mode where they can score a lot of points then you know if you have a sort of a big pass catching running back the sky is really the limit. Now, I mean, obviously, the similarities there, too, are that Williams was not expected to have that fast finish to the season, not necessarily expected to basically look like win the starting job. Now, obviously, things could still happen. The Chiefs could add more than just Carlos Hyde. But we have Williams now as really a late third-round pick in a lot of the different formats that are going on. Mike Davis, we don't see that. But he is, if you pull up our ADP apps, our best ball apps, Look at the risers and fallers and, you know, go to the FFPC there. You see him as one of the biggest risers. Now, that's rising from a very low starting point, right? So he's still very affordable in drafts. But he's a guy I like. You can get affordably. And even though it's really not a name signing, I do think it's maybe one of the more relevant free agent signings that we have. Colm, do you have any of these under the radar pickups in free agency that you think could have a similar or just any sort of meaningful uh, impact on the fantasy landscape? Yeah, and just before I get into my one, the the one thing I'll say about uh, Davis is he was somebody I, I really liked coming out of uh, college, but it didn't uh, really work out for him when he was with the Forty Niners. Uh, did really nothing in his first two seasons, but um, then has uh, shown some glimpses uh, as you mentioned in Seattle. So it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out for him uh, now this season heading forward. So I think he's definitely somebody who is d- worth keeping an eye on. The one I've picked out, and this might be just a case of uh, you know. I, I like certain players sometimes I find it hard to give up on them but uh, based as well on the depth chart at the current moment uh, Jordan Matthews signed with the the 49ers and he's not somebody that we've actually ever talked about I don't think Sean on the the podcast but going back to his kind of first three years in the league um, obviously had quite a bit of production and uh, then kind of injuries I feel have really slowed him down then was with Buffalo uh, then he was with the Patriots for about a, a couple of minutes and then he was back with the the Eagles then last year but I just want to get your thoughts um, in a moment because we haven't talked about him was he somebody who you liked when he came into the league and then his first couple of years of production or is he somebody that uh you're you haven't been a fan of just out of just out of interest before i give my thoughts on him yeah i i love jordan matthews and and certainly when he got off to the fast start with chip kelly and, and it's unfortunate for him because i think if if that connection if that offense uh you know if, if, if those things had not gone off the rails there and and chip kelly fired obviously that situation i think we might have seen something totally different and or the main thing with him is just these injuries really have derailed his career so we we don't really know in the end if the skeptics who thought that he wasn't a good fit maybe not the right athlete uh you know wouldn't transition to the nfl or or those of us enthusiasts were going to be correct i mean he had that very good first season and and players who have his type of college resume and then do what he is what did early on I mean, those guys, they go on to very good careers unless something happens with injuries. Now, in this particular situation, Blair Andrews has written a number of uh, fantastic articles. Obviously, those of you who follow his wrong read column know how that's helped your fantasy roster so much. But he wrote uh, just 
I think, a crucial article last year looking at bounce-back candidates at receiver and, and how you should pick those guys out. And one of the things that he mentioned was that it's very tempting for us to try and bet on these injury bounce backs, but historically that's actually been a pretty bad bet. And so even though Matthews is one of my favorites, he's not necessarily someone who is exactly on my radar right now, but certainly hearing that, that you're interested in him, you know, I, I mean, that's, that's good news for, for those of us who, who have always liked him. What's, what's the, the thesis there that you think could really uh, work out in San Francisco? Well, well, my thesis is uh, more so to the fact that pretty much if you go to any average draft position, he's uh, not going to be drafted at this point. So he's basically going to be free, but he can have that projected kind of high upside. Uh, the reason that I like him is, as we mentioned, kind of he has had those injuries and that's really slowed him down. I actually think that you had on a good point with the Chip Kelly comment. When he was with Chip Kelly, he was kind of used as a, a bigger slot receiver. And obviously then when he moved to, to Buffalo, they tried him at certain points as an outside receiver. And I think moving to the 49ers, that gives him an opportunity where although uh, Marcus Goodwin isn't a prototypical you know number one wide receiver he does have that speed that can you know take the top off the defense so if you have him on the outside uh, where they did project him for last year and for any listeners of the show will know that I was pretty damn high on uh, Marquis Goodwin uh, last season so in, in that case I have uh, I think they can work well in a tandem now there is players on this roster who I also do do like and like their opportunities you obviously have George Kittle who everyone's going to be high on but I think there's still quite a lot of potential in the guys like uh, Dante Pettis and Kendrick Bourne as well so I'm interested to see how this even if you shake Trent Taylor into the mix but I'm interested to see how this wide receiver core breaks down heading into uh, the season now there is a chance that Jordan Matthews won't be on the roster that's the reason that obviously that he won't be drafted in many leagues but I think if you're in a dynasty league for example and if he's sitting out on the waiver wire or you can buy him for uh, you know a, a future low low cost draft pick I think he's worth the opportunity because we have seen him in the past be able to produce and again like I said I think he's been misused in certain situations in terms of uh, where they've had him in the schemes but I, I do think it could be just a case like you had on as well that injuries have probably uh, taken a little bit of energy out of those legs but if you look at throughout his career um his yards per catch has pretty much stayed steady if you actually look last year was his best yards per catch now that is quite skewed because he only had 20 receptions and a couple of those were were you know very very long uh passing he had two long touchdowns last year so you have to take that into consideration but i think overall he's a player who you know averages in around that 11 uh, to 11 and a half yards uh, per carry and I think over his career there, there's been enough flashes there for me like if you look at his first two years in the league uh, he had eight touchdowns both seasons you know even if that athleticism's gone a little bit uh, outside of outside of George Kittle in this offense there isn't that standout red zone target so there's just the it's more so Sean the upside and the possibility of a, a very very low cost investment and then being able to get a quite a large return that that is the main reason for Matthews and the other reason is he's a player who i've always been a major fan of uh, and sometimes those guys uh, stay close to the heart so as i mentioned at the start of the show today's edition of the podcast brought to you by the ffpc so give me a moment to tell you about our good friends over there the home of season-long high stakes fantasy football if you're a diehard who loves to draft the ffp best ball leagues are already in full swing for the 2019 season with drafts starting at 35 dollars all the way up to a 1250 dollars entry fee both slow and live leagues are filling and launching daily and i, I would highly recommend checking those out i know i am uh, the other side that they have is of course the dynasty format and uh, i'm a huge fan of dynasty leagues and the ffpc has become a, uh, the go-to destination for serious dynasty players 
over the last couple of years. They have now over 300 active Dynasty Leagues, starting at just $77, and even have a $5,000 entry Dynasty League. And the best part, not a single Dynasty League has folded in nine years. Registrations for brand new startup Dynasty Leagues have opened, and new leagues are forming now. Limited orphan teams are also available at discounted pricing. Don't miss out on the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes football. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. Geico presents uh, yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi. So, about the kitchen. Turns out when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. <laughs> Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. So, Sean, as we jump into the third quarter, and um, we're going to look a little bit about the Combine Explorer. And I just want to mention, meant to mention this at the start of the show, uh, I had a nice surprise as the mailman came today uh, for the, the Road of His Patreon listeners uh, over the last season. We did have a, a kind of a tear off the, the membership who over the, the season then qualified to get a free Road of His shirt. I did tweet it out uh, earlier this morning, but Dave Cabin uh, came up with the design for those, the host of the uh, flagship show here on Road of His Radio. And of course, you'll know him from the great work that he's doing on the site but uh, i think they're they're pretty sweet shirts so i was glad to see them arriving in the post this morning also uh, myself and dave have a, a limited edition a one-off two edition uh rotoviz hats that came as well so it's one of those ones when i'm i'm over the side of the atlantic sometimes you're thinking is, is the postman ever going to arrive with those uh, sweet sweet uh, rotoviz gifts but uh, i'll land it today so sean uh, i don't think any of them came your way so maybe feeling a little bit jealous today <laughs> I am, I am. But mentioning Dave Cabin, he has put together the Combine Explorer for us, which allows you to see what each of the individual prospects has done uh, in terms of all of the different Combine drills and then how those fit into historical results at those positions. So you can see if the player is in the 90th percentile, the 50th percentile, and you know, look at the different the different tests that we have, obviously the 40, we have the different leaping drills. We have the different agility drills and you can break all that down. But then on top of that, it gives you the top 20 athletic comps for each player. And the great thing about this is that when we're following on TV, right, or we're looking at the different tweets that the people are sending out, human nature just creates the situation where depending on if you like the player or don't like the player, you tend to see just one or two comps, either the very best case scenario or in in some cases, unfortunately, the worst case scenario for that particular athlete. And you lose all of the rest of the guys. And it's that context, it's that nuance and texture that you get from seeing the bigger picture that gives you a more reasonable sense of what the range of outcomes might be 
you know, the different types of guys and the different types of careers that some of these players have had. Now, the Combine Explorer is looking at these players as athletes. And we know that the production is a a huge element of projecting them forward to the NFL. So that's always something to keep in mind. But simply for the athletic comparisons of these guys, the Combine Explorer does a fantastic job of giving you that. And today I thought there were a couple of, of interesting ones that we'd share. I've done a couple of articles for the site, one looking at the main running back prospects. We started out with the running back prospect lab and then looking at those guys through the lens of the combine explorer and then today it's just out you can look at the top five players in freak score which is our rotavis metric that helps you project touchdown scoring for these wide receivers and and really looks at these athletes through this lens of speed height and weight which gives you the the red zone potential for those players. So I picked out the top five guys there, went through the top 20 comps of each of those players, and obviously some good ones and bad ones. But when we look at the, the running backs, I thought it was interesting. Benny Snell especially is getting hammered for his combine. But when you look at the, the top comp for Snell and for David Montgomery, of all of the guys out there, all of these running backs who have competed in the combine, those guys are the top comp for each other. That's how similar and in this case, unfortunately disappointing their combines were. For Damian Harris, he's a little bit of a of a big name, especially in this class that is is quite a bit weaker at the running back position. So it's interesting that his two closest comps were Kenneth Dixon and Elijah McGuire, two committee backs, players who really will be fighting for opportunities this coming season obviously with free agency both of those guys have been knocked down now and have less uh, optimistic less enthusiastic situations for 2019 that from an athletic perspective is probably where harris fits in as well which gives you a little bit of a sense with where he's going in rookie drafts uh, about this class It's, it's more of a class of backup committee type guys and then for dk metcalf with that massive combine performance he gets mentioned in the same breath with julio jones a lot i wrote a little bit in the article why that's not entirely fair to him it's certainly setting him up for failure but jones does come out as one of the comps close to the top of his list at the very top we have dante moncrief who is in the news again with sort of his free agency situation so we'll talk a little bit more about moncrief as we finish up the show but i thought those were some interesting names from the combine explorer yeah no it's very interesting and uh, you mentioned as well something that i kind of often touch on is uh, when you see this a lot i try to stay away from politics online but you see it with politics you see it with pretty much anything now with social media that if you follow certain people who have the exact same opinion as you you're kind of going to a, a one kind of bubble and then everyone thinks the same thing i think something that's good if you're if you are checking people's opinions is to try and get it from Obviously, if you're on Rotoviz, you get it from a wide variety. Like, there's some days we can have an article that's pro one player, and then the next day it could be saying that this is reasons why you shouldn't be taking them as high. And it's good to get those different opinions because if you're just listening to the one person saying the same thing over and over or the same group, you kind of you you stop looking at the the bad things and you only hear the good things. So I think uh, I agree with that. Now, some of the players that you mentioned as well are interesting, like Kenneth Dixon. Uh, and Elijah Maguire being linked with uh, you know Damian Harris. I, I think Kenneth Dixon coming into the league was somebody who I was extremely high on. I still think there's potential there. So you know, with that skill set coming in, Damian Harris is somebody who I do have interest in. How much do you separate from the prospect coming in, Sean, and what they've done to the 
player coming in and what you expect them to do because I, I don't know about you but like Kenneth Dixon coming into the league was somebody I thought could be a kind of a, a potential three down running back what what's your thoughts on how to separate what has his career has become mainly based on injuries and suspensions based on what you think Damien Harris could do when he comes into the league Dixon is, is an interesting guy he's certainly someone that I've continued to roster when he's free but we always have to look at this most recent season as giving us a lot of important information now he had some real flashes which I think make you very frustrated if you're an owner of him and an owner of Gus Edwards that they felt the need to go out and spend money for really redundant type of talent uh, especially with their needs at the wide receiver position but with Dixon, we do have to factor in those things you mentioned. The suspensions uh, give us important information. The injuries give us important information. He's clearly not the back that he looked like he might be coming out of college, and now his ceiling is a lot lower than it was. At the same time, that does create opportunities in terms of a bounce back, and he's another one of those guys where instead of spending the money for mark ingram i very very much prefer rostering those backups and waiting for a situation to emerge there yeah and i was going to ask you i, I was actually thinking about asking about mark ingram uh, at some point but i think we're, we're, we're most people will know our thoughts on mark ingram but we'll be uh, probably rostering kenneth dixon and those leagues uh, that we have opportunities rather than mark ingram if you look at dixon still only 25 i mentioned you know his career in terms of uh, games you know in 2016 he played 12 games then he missed all of 2017 then he played six games this year so we still uh you know looking at his career sample size still an opportunity for him to grow so i'm very interested to see what he can do so it's it's a it's a strong comparison in my opinion to have somebody like harris uh locking there so uh, as you mentioned as well we'll be talking about dante moncrief a little bit later in the show so uh the next topic is something that I, I I think can be a lot of fun. So let's jump into the fourth quarter and let's talk a little bit about best ball quarterbacks. So Sean, looking at best ball and obviously the season is hyping up for best ball. Um, it is an area where I think there's like, you've been doing a lot of stuff with, with the best ball app and seeing where the edges are. Uh, you have seen that two quarterbacks has an edge and one rate and averages five points more than three quarterbacks. I don't know about you, but when I'm drafting quarterbacks, and I know you have some work here in a moment to, to run through these, but I've always been kind of off the thought process of uh, taking kind of two mid-range quarterbacks or taking one early and one mid-range, trying not to drop too far down. But sometimes, you know, you'll obviously have to go. But the situation I find is the worst case situation is if you draft somebody, let's say 10th round, 14th round, 16th round, and then like you don't really have any consistency i know injuries will happen but it's hard to have confidence in two guys at the lower end of the spectrum being able to stay consistent enough throughout a season so uh, what other findings did you find and is that kind of a thought that that you would have that you're better to kind of get two in that mid-range than to to be trying to stockpile three at the bottom of the radar yeah so looking at, at the qb position and uh, breaking down what's happened historically over the last four years talking about hundreds of thousands of drafts and looking at them through the lens of mike beer's roster construction explorer we find all of these different trends that that i think are interesting and qb a little bit like tight end is a onesie position and it's a position that because there isn't this scarcity we have all of these guys being drafted sort of in the middle round and for the most part we expect there to be a lot of similarities among the players in terms of scoring it's not a position that gets a lot of coverage that people 
spend a lot of time with in terms of the best ball preparation. But one of the things I certainly have found is that this is a position where you can get a huge advantage with basically no work, right? So if you follow what has been historically successful, and we can see what the reasons for that is, a lot of players do not, right? And so this, if you can just do quarterback successfully, then your win rate will put you into that area where you can start to create your own money machine in these best ball leagues. So jumping into it, we find that the two quarterback that you mentioned has an edge in win rate and over the course of the four years has averaged five more points than the three QB construction. So everything else being equal, which we know that in most cases it's not, and we'll get into that in a second, you would prefer that two QB construction. Now, the second thing that we look at is where should you take these quarterbacks? And late round QB has become very, very popular. People have talked about it for a long time. JJ obviously has done a fantastic job of detailing why you want to wait at this position. And we certainly see this effect in best ball where almost 30,000 owners have drafted their QB one in the first four rounds. And that's been catastrophic. Your win rate is only 5.3% when you do that. And as that relates to 2019, it's pretty relevant because Patrick Mahomes drafters have to go earlier than that. He's got an overall ADP of 30. And so you're pushing yourself into that potential disaster range uh, to draft Mahomes. And then obviously you're hoping that his scoring uh, can replicate what he's done and, and, and justify that decision. But history would suggest that that's probably not the right route. On the flip side, we also find that a lot of people... I think because of this late round QB mentality are drafting their second QBs far too late, right? You want to draft your QB two by round 12. And over the last four years, again, we've had more than 103,000 owners who have drafted their QB two after that. And if you draft your QB two after round 12, then you settle for a win rate of around 7.4%. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, that's maybe the case, but every year QB gets a little bit deeper. Certainly last year we saw plenty of deep QBs again do well. But in fact, the win rate was even lower in 2018 for those people who waited at QB2. So with that being the case, Colm, I wanted to ask you, we've got 19 QBs going in the first 12 rounds. We have Mahomes who's going too early, but we have 18 other QBs in that range that we really want to target who are the guys that you like for your early drafts at this point well there's a i actually you know when you see a list written out like this it really indicates just how deep this position is um you know when you look at it from that perspective but something that stood out to me immediately obviously you mentioned there's 19 names on the board the name at the bottom of the board and it's not that i'm a big fan the name at the bottom of the board is jimmy garoppolo and if you just think back to this time last year um he was going around 11 or 12 overall in terms of adp this year now he's almost doubled that uh, all the way down to 19th and it's just amazing how much things change in a year but i don't think much has changed in his situation in terms of playing with the the san francisco 49ers so i think straight away he's somebody who stood out to me that i'm just surprised terms in terms of value from last year to this year even though he had the injury i think he could be somebody who's interesting but not not somebody who i'm massively pumping up the the players at the top as you mentioned are the ones you'd expect to be there mahomes rogers luck um, so when i look down through them uh, some of the ones that i'm interested in are those veteran guys that are there you know drew Brees, 
uh, average uh, draft position at the moment at 99. So you're getting him, you know, I think in a very solid point there. I think Russell Wilson um, could have a bigger year this year than last year. But Breeze is somebody who, if you look at consistently in terms of yards, in terms of touchdowns, he keeps doing it. Obviously, he's getting older, but we're not looking at him, you know, to do it for another four or five years. We're looking at one more season. Uh, I think that he's somebody there. I think Matt Ryan, with the players that he has on that roster, Julio Jones, uh, Calvin Ridley, I think there's a lot of explosive plays to be had there too. And if you look at what he did last year statistically, it, it is up there outside of the MVP season. It's right up there with that. So it's a little bit strange to see how some of these players are sprinkled around. Um, you know, But I think that uh, the veteran players can be the value. If you even look at Philip Rivers, um, he's going all the way down there at number 17 off the board. So I think there's uh, mainly the veterans that I'm seeing the value in, but the players I really like uh, are those are those four at the top. I, w- I think I would be trying to make a, a very conscious effort to try and have one of Mahomes, Luck, Rogers, or Watson um, on my roster and really the top three are where I'd be trying to get one of them. And would you be going as high? And I, we all know <laughs> we all know about Patrick Mahomes and Sean Siegel, but uh, how high would you be willing to go with, with your quarterbacks to get one of them on the roster uh, for the twenty? Uh, 19 season in basketball in basketball i think it's a little bit different for mahomes in redraft because you have free agency because you have a lot of other options for stocking your roster and making some changes and using the roster spot so if you make mistakes you're not necessarily stuck then i think you can go mahomes extremely early and maybe buck the late round trend one of the things that we find when we use the roster construction explorer we break down what's happened historically is that roster spots are incredibly important and any little thing that you do to waste a roster spot or make that roster spot a lot less likely to pay off it comes with huge consequences so if you take a tight end outside of the tight end window if you take a qb outside of the qb window then you may think that you're saving because you're getting an extra running back or an extra wide receiver a little bit early but that's actually not what you're doing you're blowing roster spots you're taking a risk on players at positions where you're only going to have a couple of players and then that really bites you in terms of the risk reward you're much better off hitting on that sleeper running back that breakout wide receiver those types of players late in the draft and management of roster spots is so crucial and so Mahomes that early is not someone I'd be looking at in best ball I think a couple of those other guys certainly are are very interesting especially in drafts where they fall we look at their average draft positions and that certainly doesn't uh, completely eliminate the possibility that in particular types of drafts you'll you'll see these guys fall later and when you're talking about the same name falling later then obviously that's that's something you're looking at at the quarterback position i like a lot of those guys that you mentioned specifically i think i'm interested in you know getting at least one guy from the nfc south in on my roster because we have a division there where you've got the dome in new orleans you've got the dome in atlanta you've got uh, what looks like it could be a prolific offense in carolina certainly cam newton able to score in a variety of ways even when the offense isn't super high powered and then you have this sort of rising beast with tampa bay so you're looking at a division that you know has potentially some better weather has the domes looking at shootouts all year long you know i want to take advantage of that by having an nfc south quarterback on my roster 
Yeah, I feel that. I, I think now, you know, when the drafts are coming around, when it gets to that kind of uh, around the eighth through tenth round, you know, I'm really, it really doesn't bother me which one I get. And to be honest, I'd probably prefer Matt Ryan over Breeze, but I think I would be trying to hit one of those two and get them on my roster. I think they're two players and you mentioned the point of the dome if you look at those they have their four home games in the dome they have one away game guaranteed in the dome then you look through the rest of the their games they'll have some in the dome as well so i think i'd be going the same strategy as you but i think out of them i'd be i'd be probably hitting on matt ryan out of out of those four quarterbacks but it's uh it's going to be very very interesting i think that division could be one of the highest score in in, in the entire nfl for 2019 so it's uh it's, it really is when you look through the quarterback position really really uh, a deep position so it, it makes it but i i think like you mentioned you're better off to hit on that elite tier talent and we've been hit, talking about that with tight ends over the last couple of shows you're better to hit at that top level than to be trying to you know fill your roster with kind of roster cloggers down at the bottom trying to just you know have a, a tree a three-way committee to try and get you enough points to have a you know the tight end eight on the season so i, I think yeah it's it's a very very good tool and you mentioned uh beers as well has anyone i wonder ever coined the term uh beers goggles uh, you said through through beers lens uh, i think we should go with beers goggles from now on um <laughs> and have a little bit of fun with it but <laughs> that that would be good for the roster <laughs> and uh, you know we we talked here and i want you to to come to the site check out uh this particular piece answer that question that you brought up at the beginning with the three quarterbacks there is actually a three quarterback cheat that will give you fantastic results if you play it the right way uh certainly check out the article for that because if you execute three quarterbacks in the window use the right tactics for it it'll actually benefit you with some of these other roster spots and accomplish those goals that we were discussing so even though 2qb comes out as the preferred option when everything else is equal there is a situation where that's not the case and so make sure to, to check out the site for that so we teased it earlier in the show but now in overtime we're going to talk a little bit about dante moncrief formerly off uh, the the Col- the Colts and the Jaguars and we're going to talk about how things are going to go for his season this year. Uh, he is one of the the highest risers in the FFPC ADP uh, at the moment. Um, Sean, you kind of touched on it earlier. I kind of felt that you might have wanted to go into it, but you did restrain yourself a little bit. Uh, what's your thoughts on Moncrief when, when he was with the Colts? He was somebody who I I really liked. Um, you know, I thought he could be more of a red zone threat. Um, and then things didn't really develop as much as we would have uh, maybe expected or I expected and I kind of withdrew quite a considerable bit in what I thought of him but if you look still still uh, going in you know kind of 25 26 years of age um, had his second best statistical career of a season or of his career last season what's your thoughts on him heading into to this upcoming year? With Moncrief, we have a player who has now played five years in the NFL and only has one season where he barely reached that 700-yard level. He's interesting because he struggled to establish himself with luck and then leaves the Colts after the luckless season of 2017, signed a favorable deal with the Jags, but only managed that 468-3 line, and now he finds himself in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger trying to fill their huge hole there. Now, one of the things that we see when we bring up the Game Splits app is that, yes, he, he averages 9.8 points per game with luck, only 7.7 without. Neither one of those, obviously, are, are fantastic, the kind of production that you're really hoping to, 
slide into the starting lineup for your fantasy team. But the difference is almost entirely due to touchdowns, where with or without luck, he projects out to around a 600-yard season and similar numbers in terms of yards and targets there. So we can't even necessarily go to the situation where we say, okay, with luck, he looked like he was going to be a star, and now he's played two years where he caught passes from Jacoby Brissett, Blake Bortles, and had the results that you would expect to follow from that. So now he has the situation in Pittsburgh. He's one of these guys who, regardless of his actual production, because he has that fantastic athleticism, and we mentioned him in relationship to, to Metcalf there, and because he hasn't had one of those disastrous seasons, at least not uh, without having some injury issues. And, and the injury issues, I think, also come into play here. But we have this player who, five years into the NFL, is still something of an unknown, still something of a potential breakout player, even though several teams now, both the Colts and the Jaguars, had enough invested in him, whether it was through the draft or through a big contract, that they definitely wanted to make him a focal point of the offense. Do you like him there in Pittsburgh? Obviously, Roethlisberger has been very good with a number of the players. You have Antonio Brown, now Juju Smith-Schuster. He's going to be the main guy. Is Moncrief going to fill that void, or do we see someone like a James Washington take the next step and actually be the much better value there? Uh, he has a huge a huge opportunity there's no doubt about that obviously if you look at the targets that are going to be vacated by brown uh, obviously we expect juju to make a step forward but in terms of you know targets that juju had last year you know there's there's not a huge amount that can go that way so the targets that went to brown are going to have to be split up behind that now if it's a case where moncrief can get you know 80 to 90 targets in the season obviously that's going to lead to a, a big big opportunity for him he is a player as i mentioned i really did like coming into the league he really obviously struggled that entire Colts offense struggled without andrew luck so there is that part of it but he, he never really has dominated in terms of breaking out and having the the yards as you mentioned struggling to hit uh, you know the even getting close to a thousand he hasn't been able to achieve that so he is somebody i think there's a possibility i think he's one of those players that it's now make or break it has to be this season or no season as you mentioned with the, the length of time it's gone into his career james washington is somebody who interests me and i think it's going to be a case of one or the other uh, or else both of them actually siphoning each other off and, and you know the two of them not having any huge production so it is clearly a case of juju as the the one a but i think with the with his experience in the league moncrief has definitely i think the upper hand to to get to that wide receiver two on this team and again you know there, there's a with ben roethlisberger there is there is that chance to have that big season uh if you look at what what antonio brown's leaving behind um it gives the opportunity to moncrief i'm just not exactly sold on him being able to take that next step as i mentioned he's somebody who i was very heavily invested in through his first two to three years in terms of dynasty uh in terms of shares off moncrief but most of them have uh, have come and gone um and I, I think that he may just have uh May, may just have already shown us what what he's all about and, and won't really take that next step uh, do you think that is the case that we don't see the next step or do you think he is the guy that can make make big plays behind juju that would be my guess as well and and it would be nice to see him play well enough that it gives at least a little protection for smith schuster and we see juju go to potentially 
number one wide receiver overall next year i think anytime that i break down luck and and look at his wide receivers and i've and i've written about this several years ago when all of luck's receivers were being drafted extremely high that he hasn't necessarily had that same inflating value on some of the players playing for him that you might see from some of these other top wide receivers now it's not like if you have a dontrell inman or something like that that you wouldn't roster him kind of with your last roster spot because you know he's out there with andrew luck but some of these more mid-range guys i have a little bit more skepticism and you know this moncrief issue and looking at his splits with and without luck i think are interesting too in terms of what our expectations for devin funches are now I would expect funches to see his touchdowns jump but perhaps not the yardage in a way that makes the difference to get him up to the level at least his enthusiasts are hoping and i've had this discussion a number of times with um you know fellow dynasty owners where we're trying to negotiate a trade and and can't quite come to a price on punches and i think that some of the information that we have with luck and, and some of these other receivers comes into play there and sheds a little bit of light on what we might be looking at in, in a couple of these different scenarios you know ty hilton obviously has had a fantastic career and and certainly i think that's a case where hilton is the star because he's a star not because of Andrew Luck. Now, Luck is certainly not hurting him. You would rather have him with Andrew Luck than, you know, with Brissetta or someone like that. But I don't think that we can look at Luck's numbers with Hilton and say that we now want a Devin Funches, for example. So Moncrief is interesting to me. Funches is interesting to me. Both of those guys have fallen into some good situations. They're both among our risers in our FFPC tools. Make sure you check that out. I'm avoiding both of them at these prices but certainly would not be surprised if one or both of them had certainly some individual games where they brought some great fantasy points to your team yeah and you mentioned as well you know if you're looking at the situation in terms of adp there's about a two-round gap between moncrief and funches but in my opinion there, there would be no comparison i'd be making that reach for funches rather than waiting on moncrief in terms of their current situation and it's interesting as well that there's uh, about a, a round and a half gap between washington and moncrief um you know based on both of them and and pittsburgh so at that price i think you probably would be looking towards moncrief it's hard to trust you know uh washington i know i know he could have a second year breakout heading in here but uh going in the second round last year and really struggling to make much of an impact um and and that season it's gonna be interesting to see how how he can do this year but it's uh, gonna be fun to watch all those things develop and to see how the adp starts to, to starts to change as we get closer and closer to the season but as we get ready to, to wrap up the show i just want to mention as well obviously as always you can get yourself a 30 percent discount to a rotavis nfl pass right now it's available through the nfl podcast homepage rotavis.com forward slash podcast the season is getting closer we're getting ready for the draft there's so much great content up there we've talked about the tools you know the the best ball app and so much more up there Gain unlimited access to all of that content and tools uh, so you get ready for the nfl season once again, that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. So uh, we're jumping uh, towards the end of the show here, Sean. We're going to wrap things up. And of course, uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Overtim Ireland. You can follow Sean on Twitter at FF underscore Contrarian. And until we're back in two weeks with another edition of the podcast, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotoviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotoviz at a 30 percent discount through the rotoviz radio homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast 
This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.